coming up next, Booking It Reads, Watership Down. Hey everyone, and welcome back to BookNet. I'm, of course, your humble and eloquent host, Mr. Cooper Cobbs. And today, it's just me, and I'm talking about one of the greatest books of all time. Okay, that might be a bit of an overstatement, but uh, I really like this book. And today, on what will be, assuredly, the last solo episode of 2022, Lord willing, as the Bible says, uh, Lord willing, then... Uh, we'll be doing some, we'll finish up Watership Down next time, and then do Ember's End as well. We're finally, we, we've kind of left people on a cliffhanger, you know? Been, we have been spreading the books out, and then um, we want to get everybody back in the studio for Ember's End, and so we've been pushing it back, but it's going to happen, and we're excited to finally bookend our discussion of The Green Ember. And I really wish that we could have, uh, well, maybe, we'll, we'll end up, we'll see what happens. Isaiah and Tanner, uh, the reason I'm alone is they're on their way back from their respective Thanksgiving vacations right now. Tanner was in North Carolina. Isaiah was in Michigan for like a month, hunting with his uncle and celebrating Thanksgiving. So they're both um, basically en route back. I think Isaiah's going to spend a little bit longer, but Tanner's like in the middle of Arkansas right now, driving back from North Carolina. But that to say, uh, we might end up doing Ember's End next week, depending on if everybody's back, which they should all be back. Um, so that way we can do Ember's End and then do Watership Down, our big finale watership down episode with all of us um i know tanner read it he likes it isaiah's is in the middle of reading it right now as well so we're really excited about uh, doing that because one of the reasons that i wanted to do watership down was not only because i liked it a lot and thought it was a great book a great book to talk about which it is but also to compare and contrast uh, to the green number especially once we've finished the entire series so i'm really excited to talk about that um as well and so today what i'm doing is Setting the groundwork, doing what I like to call a prelude to the episode. You know what I mean? I'm just going to give my baggage, give my thoughts, what I like about the book, maybe quote the introduction by the author a little bit, and really lay the groundwork for why I wanted to do it, um, what we're looking for next week when we start talking about it, all the stuff that uh, I'm just really excited to talk about with this book, and just giving us a firm foundation, a solid foundation to have an awesome discussion next week, and also hopefully to give you guys some awesome content because you guys have been awesome. You've been listening, even though I know it's um, well, it's rough for all of us right now um, in the holiday season with school going on, with all the stuff going on, to, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be re-recording together. And so thank you so much for your patience and your understanding when it comes to these things. Uh, we really are excited about what's going to happen next year as well. We've got a great um, book list going right now. We'll, we'll share that sometime over the fall break. We're really excited about what we're going to do. It's going to be a lot of fun, and hopefully that schedule allows us to be able to consistently all be on together because I know that's what we want, that's what you want, that's what everybody wants. And so right now it's a little bit tricky to do that, but we will get back all together as soon as possible. It is the goal, um, and next year um, will be a lot of fun, and I can't wait to tell you guys what we're going to do. But all that out of the way, let's talk about Watership Down. And I'll go ahead and give my baggage just for the sake of uh, familiarity and for the sake of this discussion um, w between me and you guys 
Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about it next week, maybe when we all do it, but just a couple of things. So first, Netflix did a mini-series of this, which I think that uh, if you are a patron, we might be reviewing eventually um, for behind the scenes at, over at patreon.com forward slash booking as a as a little uh, patron-only bonus episode, which will be a lot of fun. Uh, that was really my entry point uh, to Watership Down. Uh, it was this mini-series that the BBC did in collab with Netflix, and one, well, the, the animation is is really weird. It, as anybody who's seen it will will attest, um, animation is pretty weird, and so that kind of it's not great animation. So that kind of threw me off at first, but uh, overall, I remember liking it quite a bit, and I remember thinking at the very end that man, this is a great story, and I liked it a lot. Um, then I think I think I just after that I began to pick up on when it got referenced. That's how, that's kind of how it is, you know. You don't know something exists, but once you do and you encounter it, then you start kind of seeing it pop up, right? And so Watership Down got mentioned on podcasts, on YouTube videos, on things like that. And, I'm, and you know me doing classical Christian homeschool, Watership Down comes up every now and then, and so I, it got mentioned quite a bit. And so at some point I was like, you know what, I think that this is something that I want to read. It's highly recommended. It's a classic. Um, I really like this miniseries that um, is on Netflix right now, so I, I'm going to read it. And so 2021... Over the summer, I created a master reading list um, that I only went like halfway through. Actually, I think I read. Did I read everything? I don't know. I had a reading list. It included this. It was it had the space trilogy. It had Andy Wilson's Hundred Cupboards trilogy on it as well. And I know I didn't read the Silmarillion that was on there um, because uh, nobody in the history of the world has ever read the Silmarillion all the way through. Um, that's a joke. But I read Watership Down early on and absolutely loved it. And here's here's really why I loved it. So if you've listened for a while or listened to our Hobbit episodes in particular, you know that I'm a big fan of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. And my my my, my love really comes from, for The Hobbit comes from this admiration of the way that it's told. It feels like a grandfather sitting down by the fire in a nice leather chair the hearth is roaring and just telling his grandkids a story. And you can totally tell that Tolkien's, you know, British sensibilities, it really feels like he's telling you the story the way he would actually talk, the way he would actually tell the story um, if he was just talking to you, right? And so I really love that about The Hobbit. And it makes it like this just really cool story that's being told by your grandpa, essentially, to you. And it's really awesome like that. And there is no really other book that I have encountered that gets as close to that feeling, that feeling of just being in a story and being told a story like Watership Down. And it's told not, not really similarly. Um, the, the narrator doesn't refer to himself uh, as the person. Kind of Tolkien does. He refers to the narrator as an I or sometimes like that. It's a, um, it's, it's a limited third person, and so sometimes it'll you know, have the narrator say, I don't know, I don't know why Bilbo or Frodo did this, or no, it's Bilbo. I don't know why Bilbo did this or did that, um, but things like that. But Watership Down doesn't do that, but it gives off the feeling of that. And I actually want to read you a quote um, from the introduction. The book uh, that I have has an introduction by the author, and I highly recommend reading it if you have this introduction. This is what he says in the very last paragraph. He says, quote, I want to emphasize that Watership Down was never intended to be some sort of allegory or parable. It is simply the story about rabbits made up and told in the car, end quote. Um, and so actually, if you read the introduction, he goes on to talk about 
how it was uh, it, Watership Down happened because his kids wanted him to tell a story. He'd tell them stories often and long car, car rides and such. And so they asked him to tell a story, a new story. And so he started making up the story on the spot, and it's really cool to see the history behind that. Um, but like I said, all this is is a story that I made up for my kids, and it really comes through. It's a lot of fun. And I have to say, this might be the biggest testimony to how much this book is awesome. Um it's so we live me and my family live in a uh, a suburban area right we're in a neighborhood we're in a suburb of frisco a suburb of dallas and uh we we often joke when the rabbits come um in the spring or something like that you know when they're feeding on our grass and um you know doing their business in the grass my dad'll say that he he'll give 20 bucks to anybody who catches a rabbit and i actually have uh incidentally killed a rabbit i was gee how old was i I was probably six. I was six, and we were playing with the rabbits in the backyard. I got one to come into this cup because I'd put some food in it. It came in. I was showing my mom, and then I dumped the rabbit out at my mom's demands um, onto our concrete patio and dropped it from a height of, I don't know, probably three or four feet. But it fell and broke its leg, and we tried to nurse it back to health, but it died on the day we were supposed to go to Disney World, which is really sad. Anyway, all that to say, uh, my dad doesn't like rabbits because they tear up his lawn, which, to be fair— is fair. It's fair, um, and you know I've always, I don't, I don't like any pest. I think you know the human race does not have an affinity for pests, and so when rabbits tend to act like them, I don't like them. However, after reading Watership Down, my sympathy for rabbits has increased like tenfold. And whenever um, I see a rabbit dead, or whenever my dad jokes about killing a rabbit or something like that, I'm like, oh, that could be like a hazel or a bigwig or. Um, a, a fiber that we could be killing all, and so it just it, it makes this uh, it gives this realism and sympathy for this um, these rabbits that wasn't there beforehand, and uh, it's I can only trace it back to Watership Down. So it does, yeah. Be, fair warning, I highly recommend you read this book. Um, it is a great story, nothing objectionable at all. It's awesome, you'll love it. Um, but it it does increase your sympathy for rabbits. So if that is a problem for you then don't read it, but it shouldn't be a problem because he doesn't want their sympathy increased for cute animals, right? So no way. I've been talking about, like, you know, I talked about why I liked it, but more specifically, what's awesome about this book? Well, first off, this book creates an elaborate and awesome mythology for rabbit kind. And I'm approaching this. If you haven't read it before, here's what it is. I'll, I'll still actually the plot. So the plot follows... These two brothers, Hazel and Fiverr, and Fiverr has, like, this prophetic vision. Um, he has these visions that he gets sometimes, or these senses, that something bad is going to happen to the Warren where they live. And so he convinces his brother and any other rabbit they can find to get out and leave. And so the first part of the book is about their adventures, um, going to find a place to live outside of the Warren. And they go, go to the title of the book, or they go to Watership Down, and that's where they live now. And then they talk about their... Um, journeys th there and then also the trials they face as they try to basically um ensure their water their dirt warren will continue to exist and the the conflict with another near na nearby warren and stuff like that anyway that's what the plot of the book is about um but the mythology behind it is all really awesome and honestly that might be what increased my sympathy so much so mythology if you haven't read the book Basically, there is the god of the universe, or um, the rabbit's god, not really the god of the universe because it takes place on Earth, but the um, the rabbit's god is named Frith, and he is also referred to as the sun. So sometimes you'll hear a reference to Nifrith, or after Frith. So Nifrith is just midday. The sun is in the sky, high in the sky. 
and so uh, uh, there, the, but the rabbit's like ancestor, his name was El Herrera, and so at one point, El, the Frith call, calls all the basically animals to him and gives each a gift, um, and basically all the gifts that he gives to the carnivores make them want to hunt the rabbits, and then he gives to El Herrera, the ancestor of the rabbits, the gift of being able to run away. So the line, it's a pretty cool line. I forget what it is. Um, maybe I'll find it. But it's something like, um, the, the, all the world will be your enemy, um, but they, they, they must catch you first, in other words. So let me see if I can, let me see if I can find this. Okay, here we go. That's what he said. El Herrera, your people cannot rule the world, for I will not have it so. All the world will be your enemy, prince of a thousand enemies. And whenever they catch you, they will kill you. But first, they must catch you. Digger, listener, runner, prince with swift warning. Be cunning and full of tricks, and your people shall never be destroyed. So this mythology that he creates is basically uh, God gives to the rabbits the ability to run because he gives the ability to their enemies um, basically the, the talents to kill them and eat them, right? And so that's the whole mythology is these rabbits, he frames it in such a way that the rabbits, their whole history is just surviving, is running from the Halesil or the thousand, the thousand enemies, right? Um, and and that's, that's a really cool mythology. And then we have scattered throughout the story just stories of their rabbit prince, their ancestor, El Herrera, doing random things and using his tricks and his cunning and things like that. So you get these cool stories interwoven throughout the story, this awesome mythology, and even creates some words for a language, right? And really, he doesn't do it often. It's just a, a word where the the rabbits would have a word they would use commonly that we humans would not have a need for. For example, the word that he uses to describe just rabbits going out to feed from their holes, so coming out of their holes and eating, he, he calls it sylphle, because a, they would need a term to refer to that while we humans have breakfast, essentially, right? We have meals, but they have um, sylphle. And so there's words like that that are created to serve the story and make it streamline the rabbit's conversation because they would have a, a word like that. Oh, another thing about the mythology, um, whenever a rabbit dies or is supposed to be dead, they'll say that he stopped running. So I think that's also cool. Anyway, mythology is really awesome, um, and it's a really cool world building for rabbits on Earth, which I find really cool and um, awesome. Words that I'm using a lot to describe a book that is both cool and awesome. Okay, I also want to talk about um, one of the reasons why we're doing this book, which is comparing it to The Green Ember. And as you've heard me and Isaiah and Tanner talk about with The Green Ember, basically the rabbits in The Green Ember are humans with, like, rabbit, you know, they look like rabbits, but they act like humans. Not only in them they can talk to each other and think like humans, but they can move like humans. If you look at the illustrations, they're always standing up. They're dressed. They have swords. Uh, in the, um, the author describes you know, Green Ember as rabbits with swords. Well, they're really humans look like rabbits with swords. And so if you take away the rabbitness uh, of from Green Ember, then it's just basically um, they're human, except they can't jump as high as they used to, right? Uh, but in, in Watership Down, it's completely different. It's essentially... They are rabbits, except that they can think and talk, and that's it. Like the, the, it's literally said in our world, humans are um, present. They're it's they're on Earth. They're running. It's actually a specific location, even as the author has said. So they're really just normal rabbits who can communicate with one another. 
um, and think like we can. And that's it. And so it's really more of a specific anthropomorphism, whereas the green ember is on the other end of the spectrum, whereas it's they're really mostly like humans, the kind of uh, when in the willows side of things, whereas this is really a specific story about rabbits who are rabbits for the most part. Um, so that's really interesting to see how that plays out. Um, and it, it's really cool to see the reactions, the thoughts. Um, he's really thought deeply about um, just what rabbits would do, you know, what, what what would be their internal motives during current situations where they have to run away or hide or things like that. And so that's really, really fun to see the opposite end of the spectrum compared to Green Ember. And I'm sure when we have all the guys on, we'll talk about that um, with with Watership Down as well. And also, like, this book has some really awesome action. Like, there's nothing I can read you because it's long, but there are some times where you just kind of want to get up and cheer um, at the at the end especially, but just the fight scenes are pretty cool between rabbits and between rabbits and birds and things like that. So that's another really awesome benefit of of Watership Down uh, as well. So I I know my I recommended this to my family after I read it to be read aloud, and they got maybe seventy pages through before they stopped, and I was really sad because I thought they would love it. Um, and I will say at first, even on this read, I could tell. Like, the beginning, it starts off a little clunky, just a little bit. You're introduced to so many rabbits, and actually the uh, miniseries that I mentioned at the beginning, Netflix, they cut down on the amount of rabbits, which I think is a smart move for especially making a television show about it. But there are so many rabbits, and it starts really fast, and you don't get a lot of time to just sit um, before you're kind of off on the journey. But once you get to a certain point um, on the journey, then... I couldn't, it's a page turner, and you can't put it down, and reading it again this time, I finished it, and pretty much one day, just reading it, because it's a page turner at a certain point, it just grabs hold of you, and won't let go, and so that's really, really why I love this, is it's a page turner, it's an awesome story, and you can't put it down, because it's so great. Well, I think I covered everything that I wanted to talk about, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I wanted to say, um... Before we talk about it all together next time in my epic prelude. Oh, yes. One more thing. The genre. So it's interesting because it's it's set on our world. But it plays like this fantasy journey adventure. It's got this cool mythology, this cosmology even. It's got this awesome quest with rabbits. Um, it's got this you know conflict between good and evil, between the rabbits of Watership Down and then the opposing Warren I talked about earlier, Ephrafa. And so it's this fantasy story of this people combating with this shared mythology um, and things like that. So that's honestly a fantasy story, except like it's with rabbits in a real world. And so it's like a beast fable. It's like in the vein of Charlotte's Web, which isn't really fantasy as we think about it, right? And so it's balancing all of these things. And it's completely different from your typical fantasy story like Lord of the Rings or Narnia or Harry Potter. And yet it's completely different from something like Charlotte's Web. And so it's in this weird middle space of genre to where it's got this fantasy elements told with, you know, rabbits um, in our world, which is really cool and really interesting. And he's able to play with tropes and things like that um, in, in a really cool way. So I like it a lot in terms of that as well. So that's the last thing I wanted to say. I'll get to some donor shout outs and we'll be back discussing this book in either one or two weeks. I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll get back, we'll get back to talking about it for sure before the end of the year. We owe you guys some stuff. So, let's do some donor shoutouts. If you want a donor shoutout, make sure you go to patreon.com 
forward slash book. And the link is will be in the description. Make sure you check out all the cool stuff we have. But if you donate $5 or more, we shout you out here on the show as I'm about to do. So thank you to Nana, Van Pappy and Wayla, Mike and Sylvia, Mike and Laura, Jenny and Sam, Moses, Zara, Anna, Emily, Becky, Lizzie, and of course, Keenan. Thank you guys so much for donating. If you'd like to join the list of awesome people that I just read, make sure you support us at $5. And if you can't, no worries. Completely understand. Uh, but if you haven't left a five-star rating or review, that really helps us get the word out. Um, and also just, you know, bodes well. I have to say, another thing that I wanted to say as well, um, we have gotten a bunch of really nice reviews from people that before we started the podcast, we didn't know and still don't know personally, you know. But there are people out there who love what we're doing and appreciate us and are showing their support um, by giving us a five-star rating or review. And I just want to say thank you to those people. It really um, just helps us, you know, keep, want to keep doing this. Uh, it's, you know, we put these episodes out and we see the numbers come back, but it's really fun to interact with people and see real people who we didn't know be impacted by the stuff that we're doing, which is really awesome and really cool. So appreciate that. Appreciate anyone who leaves a five-star rating review um, we appreciate all of that stuff so we'll see you uh next time with either the finale to green ember ember's end or watership down part two either way you're getting a rabbit book as matthew liked to call it so all right we will see you guys next time and until then keep on booking it